Well, um, yeah, so thank you so much for speaking to me, Flora. Um, I have so many questions to ask you. I've been, um, you know, I avidly uh, follow your uh, social media and I think it's amazing. All the stuff that you do with your running, uh, food and nutrition, it's amazing. Um, and I wanted to start by asking a bit about your ultra marathon that you did the other day. Like how, how many, uh, how long was that? Like how many uh, meters, kilometers, meters, kilometers? Oh, it was um, 50 kilometers. So it was, yeah, I mean, an ultra marathon than mm -hmm. a marathon, um, so I sort of went for the easiest option, um, <laughs> but it is definitely far from being yeah. easy, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, it was like one of the best things that I've done recently, definitely. Yeah, amazing, and what's like the prep for that, is there a lot of uh, prep that you have to do, or is it like a deload week, like what is, what, what does it entail? Yeah, so for me, um, I only signed up three weeks before the actual oh, race gosh, itself, right. um, which isn't something that I'd recommend, I would recommend actually getting some <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> at some point, but I just thought, you know, every all of my races were cancelled this year, and I just mm -hmm. thought I kind of need a challenge. Like I need to do something that gets me out of my comfort zone. It's something that I've been doing for several years. You know, yeah. I like to do things that push myself, um, and I haven't done anything like that this year, at least not physically. So I just thought, why not? Um, but generally, yes, of course, they need quite a lot of uh, prep. Yeah training um if only to get used to the sort of spending five six seven eight nine ten hours on your feet you know it, mm -hmm. it, it takes a long time and that's something that as kind of fairly sedentary people um you know even if you are pretty active you're not usually active for that amount of time yeah. so that takes a bit of getting used to but for me i mean i did like one week of training and then we're into the taper weeks which means that you're reducing your right. um, intensity of exercise mm -hmm. and your, your quantity a little bit and starting to increase the amount of carbohydrates you're eating which was great for me i mean that was yeah. my favorite part it's my favorite part of any race yeah, where yeah. <laughs> and then it was race day oh my gosh were you nervous were you like oh were you like fairly prepared because you've done a lot of long distance running so were you quite mentally oh. set no i was nervous were no, you? i was definitely really nervous um i actually shortly before mm. it yeah because I knew that I wasn't prepared for it I didn't know that I could do the distance the only thing that was making me think that I might be able to do the distance was that I'd done the Yorkshire Three Peaks challenge right. uh, the year before this yeah. time last year and that's 40 kilometers but you walk the whole thing so oh, overall it's a similar amount of time mm. on your feet um because that was about eight hours and I did this the race in six hours and 50 minutes or thereabouts so it's still a, it's just basically about spending that amount of time yeah. on your feet and I was kind of hoping that I could do it but I wasn't <laughs> entirely sure and then I thought actually you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna show up and I'm gonna give it my best shot and I'm gonna try and enjoy it you know I haven't none of us have had the opportunity to travel this year so mm. you know it was just an excuse to get out of London or get out of Dorset and and go and explore somewhere different and I didn't put any pressure on myself to finish it I just thought I'll show up get yeah. the experience yeah but didn't you come sixth correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you did do amazingly yeah, well <laughs> yeah sixth um woman which was wow which was um unexpected to say yeah but very nice it's given me a nice little confidence boost yeah definitely one. yeah are there more in the pipeline are you looking to do some more or i haven't planned anything okay um, you know just with the uncertainty of everything at the moment true I haven't planned anything. and quite often you know i get asked to do these things with like a month remaining until the race so 
to remain sort of fit and in training and mm-hmm. ready to take on something if I have to or if I want to. Um, but I'm not necessarily kind of aiming for anything in particular. But I definitely will do another one for sure. Yeah, yeah, amazing, yeah. Um, and in terms of, I, I, I've read your blog and I um, was really interested in the this idea of the misconceptions of working out that you wrote and, and running as well. Are there any um, misconceptions that you'd like to tackle and speak about um, and tackle head yeah. on? No, you're right. I think with so much information there on social media, it can kind of be hard to sift, sift through it and realise like what's good information and what's not necessarily good information. Um, and obviously, as I try to um, myth bust on my blog. You know, I have a background in biology um, and science in general, and that means I like to read kind of primary literature and scientific papers and stuff, and 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 debunk some of the some of the misinformation that is out there. I would say um, I've got kind of like a, a short list of um, uh, misconceptions about working out that I, I can just kind of go through very quickly. Um, one of them is that, especially for uh, us women, like a lot of people believe that if you lift weights, it's going to make you bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I mean, it is so not true. And actually, I think everyone should do some sort of resistance training. It's not yeah, only good for your muscles, but it's also good for your bones. It increases bone health and um, your bone health starts, your bone density starts to decline um, after a certain age. So you want to get it mm-hmm. as healthy as possible before that age. And that involves doing some sort of resi- resistance training. And it, all training will help, but lifting weights especially, um, or doing body weight resistance training can, can really help. And you're not gonna bulk up, you know, you're not gonna become, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, huge. Yeah. Um, you could try really hard, even if you wanna become like that, you, you probably won't be able to. So don't be afraid of lifting weights. It's not gonna make you look manly or whatever. Mm. Um, we just don't have the physiology to look like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid of lifting weights. In fact, it's one of the best things that you can do mm. for both your health and probably your physique as well. Um, second misconception is that uh, you know training harder or going faster if you're a runner is always better and that is definitely not always true. There has to be some sort of balance between intense training and less intense training. So mm. um, with running one of the things I say is like the 80-20 rule so that 80% of your runs should be at an easy pace. Um, and for many people, myself included, it can be really tempting to go out there really fast and try yeah. to smash out every workout. And that's not good for you because chances are you won't be able to do that. So all workouts will be at a kind of 60, 70% intensity. You'll probably be tired all the time and you won't be able to do those really intense workouts and mm-hmm. you won't have the recovery that you need to be able to make the progress that you want to make. So um, try and reduce the intensity of most of your workouts. And then the ones you are going to hit really hard, you can hit them really hard and you'll have the energy to do that. Mm. Um, the next one is that if you don't hurt, it's not working, which, I mean, is, is something that a lot of like um, bodybuilding, Instagram, it's all about. They're mm. like, um, you yeah. know, I don't know what the quotes are. I absolutely <laughs> hate them. Um, I hate all of them. <laughs> yeah. But it's essentially like, yeah, if, it, if it's not hurting, it's not working. Yeah. And that's kind of a really harmful message to put out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the best exercises that we do are kind of low intensity and low impact. And you don't have to be hurting the next day for that to have a beneficial impact on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't hurt after a lot of the runs that I do, but it doesn't mean that that's not improving my cardiovascular health or my mental health or, you know, my muscle yeah. structure, or like whatever it is it's still working even if you don't hurt the next day. It doesn't mean 
well mm. the late onset muscle soreness or DOMS yeah. is really common especially if you're starting a new workout regime or doing something a little bit different I went to the gym for the first time in eight months yesterday oh and I can barely walk today <laughs> <laughs> it was like such a low-key workout that I did um, really, yeah. so it's kind of embarrassing but <laughs> no. you know it doesn't make that a better workout yeah. than the other stuff that I was doing mm. so yeah just bear in mind that you can take things easy um, and that doesn't make it any less good yeah um and then on that note is that people assume that taking rest days is gonna slow your progress mm. and that is definitely um again it's another kind of harmful misconception or myth that a lot of people put out there team no rest days is a hashtag that i've seen um okay. you know flying around yeah. twitter and instagram um and rest days are so important uh for your for your physical and also your mental health um, obviously elite athletes their rest days will look quite different from what mm-hmm. our rest days look like you know they might go out for an easy run but for the majority of people um rest days can be a day of total rest you know today is my rest day and i'm loving it i've left the house once and i won't be leaving again <laughs> um, and it's just really really relaxed and that doesn't mean reducing the amount you eat as well you have rest days for your body to be able to restore itself and for your muscle fibers to be mm. able to repair and it goes back to the thing of, of not doing everything at 100% intensity. Basically, it just allows for your body to repair itself. Um, and that will also allow for your muscle, muscles and your cardiovascular system to see the benefits that the workouts will bring. The workouts don't bring the benefits without the rest as well. And, and the same goes for sleep. You know, sleep is yeah. so, so, so important um, yeah. when it comes to recovery and uh, making kind of gains or whatever mm. it is. Yeah. Um, uh, then a couple more things. Abs workout equals abs. Abs workouts do not necessarily equal abs. Abs are kind of made both in the kitchen, yeah. say, um, but also genetically. Um, mm. You know, I have a physique that doesn't store much fat on my core, which means that yeah. it's much easier for me to get um, visible abdominal muscles than for someone who stores more fat around their mm. waist rather than their bum and their hips, like I do. So. Um, it's kind of, you can work out your core as much as you like, but you might actually never get visible abdominal muscles, but it doesn't mean that they're not there. Um, mm. And that's really important to remember. We all have a core, whether it's visible or not, and it's much better to have a strong core than a visible core, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Yeah, amazing, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was so coherent. And yeah, definitely, I think things with like fitness, there's so much, as you said, so much misinformation circulating. It's really nice to just have a succinct, um, you know, a, a demyth um, kind of uh, section that you've, yeah, amazing, thank you. Um, and in terms of your plant-based, um, aren't you? Um, and again, I yeah. feel like there are, there's a lot of um, misinformation surrounding plant-based diets, veganism, which I know are two like distinct things that you classify. Um, yeah, how do you think that impacts your training in any way? Do you think that it helps or um, how do you navigate being plant-based and, you know, uh, the nutrition side of things? Well, I think a lot of people who are vegan um, try to kind of push the narrative in a direction that says that vegan diets are always better for training, and I don't necessarily think that's true. It's very possible to have a really unhealthy vegan diet, Mm -hmm. and it's also very possible to have a healthy non-plant-based diet. Um, I personally eat a plant-based diet because um, the diet that I eat, I want to be as good for the environment as possible. but thankfully, I mean, I worked plant-based three years ago now, and mm-hmm. before that I ate fish but no meat, so I was a pescatarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't eaten meat because it doesn't agree with my body, 
old. Um, so I'm possibly not the best person to kind of compare meat diet versus a plant-based mm-hmm. diet, but I haven't noticed the difference in terms of my performance necessarily since going plant-based. And I don't see that as a negative. I think that's actually a really good thing. You know, yeah. um, It shows that I'm getting all the vitamins and minerals that I need uh, from a plant-based diet, and I get a yearly health check as well, including bloods and everything. And my mm-hmm. bloods have never been better. So I don't think it's necessarily that the plant-based diet does that, but it gives me an increased awareness of the sort of stuff that I'm eating, and I focus more on getting a well-rounded, balanced diet and getting in enough mm-hmm. calories, crucially getting in enough calories um, for the kind of active lifestyle that I have. And I think that's something that can be kind of missed when people are talking about a plant-based diet, that if you go plant-based miraculously, you will be healthier, and I don't think that's the case. I think you have to plan your diet, whether you are plant-based or a meat eater, you have to kind of ensure that you're getting a wide variety of foods and especially vegetables and fiber um and that doesn't miraculously come from being plant-based but i mean i've had an amazing experience with it and um, i'm really happy i mean i'm the fittest i've ever been so you know that, there's something yeah. to be said for that for sure yeah amazing um and you also on your instagram talk a lot about um struggling with like uh eating and like this idea of fattening foods and um, good and bad foods um, and again, I think that's a lot, something that a lot of people struggle with as well. Um, yeah, what would you say about diets, this diet culture that we're currently in? And um, yeah, trying diets and often people fail. And what would you, what was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't like invest your money in a fund that has like a 90% chance of, of losing your money or you're failing, you're mm. losing everything. So I don't, I mean, I do understand the obsession with diets because we all have such a desire to conform to this kind of idealistic version of beauty um, that is so unhealthy in, in that the obsession with it is unhealthy, mm-hmm. not necessarily that the ideal is unhealthy, but for many people it can be. And so I think diets are a really unhealthy route to go down because what it means is that you are depriving yourself um, of something. So whether that is you know, banning out, banning an entire food group like carbohydrates or, or fats, depending on which band you're part mm. of, um, or simply, you know, saying that I'm not never going to eat cake again or I'm never going to eat pasta again. You know, I didn't eat pasta for five years, mm. and I, I consider those five years some of the most deprived of my life because mm. I love pasta now. <laughs> um, and I don't think it is a helpful thing for anyone. I, on my Instagram, try to talk a lot about. I don't really talk about diets at all because actually what I try to preach is enjoyment of exercise primarily Mm -hmm. and you know by nature also enjoyment of food um, and everything that you're putting in your body Um, but I also try to talk about performance and performance requires a well-rounded well-balanced but very full diet and if you are depriving yourself of things to try and lose weight or whatever um, chances are you won't be performing to your best ability Um, and that's something that's a route that I've fallen down before I I, I had an eating disorder and that was actually the reason that I started up my Instagram account Mm. Um, and I unfortunately learned the hard way but I do thankfully think that coming out the other end of that and learning a lot about nutrition has allowed me to actually have a much healthier relationship with food now than even before I got my eating disorder so I wouldn't change anything but it is a shame that you know, we have these ideals that mean that people go to the kind of any length to look a certain way. Mm, yeah, no, I know. I think 
but currently, yeah, so obsessed with, you know, and you see on TikTok or other social media people promoting these, you know, 1,000 calorie, 1,200 calorie diets, and it's just not sustainable. Like, it's not enough to, to sustain someone um, in their everyday lives. You're definitely right. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, very quickly, it's fine. quite a lot of um, personal trainers and dietitians that I know personally, actually, a lot of the reasons why people can't lose weight is because their body is so stressed out about the lack mm. of calories that they're having and the lack of nutrients that it tries to cling on to everything that they are putting in their bodies. And people don't really realize that actually we kind of need quite a lot of calories. And the more energy you give yourself, the more energy you'll have. And, you know, if you are working out and if you are training for something, energy is literally the way that you get around, you know, around mm. a race or around a run or, you know, through your workout. So you need those, calories are just energy. And I don't know about you, but I love being filled with energy. I really <laughs> enjoy being energetic. Yeah. And without food, there is no way of doing that. So it's something that I think we need to disentangle in our heads. Yeah. You, you need to stop thinking of calories as bad. You know, I I often turn things down because they don't have enough calories in them. I would rather have something with more calories because otherwise I've got to have, you know, five times the amount yeah. of food and that can get kind of expensive. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, and on your blog, you also talk a lot about sustainability. Um and I was just wondering if you had any tips for anyone if they wanted to implement uh, more sustainable uh, choices in their everyday lives um, without kind of losing a sense of livability in a way. I know sometimes people might struggle with uh, implementing it in their everyday life. Yeah, well, you're right. You know, a sustainable lifestyle is not sustainable unless it is sustainable in your life. Um, and again, with social media being so unnuanced, we get a lot of one-size-fits-all sustainable choices and and that's kind of unhelpful um but you know that's the way that social media goes mm. but you should try and find areas in your life that you can make a change and that you can continue to make a change long after you know this week has ended or whatever there's mm. no point for example going vegan um and then not being able to get enough food in your diet you know like i said you need enough calories and, and plant-based diet is pretty high in fiber and low in calories, so you need to eat a lot more food. And also, for example, if you're living with your parents, they might be cooking meat, so a plant-based diet wouldn't be suitable for you um, unless you convince them to cook for you, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of yeah. stuff as well. And it can be quite expensive, so it's not necessarily suitable for a lot of people who are of low socioeconomic status. So I think this one-size-fits-all idea of sustainability is actually really harmful and is stopping people doing what they can do to actually make a change um, and there are so many things that we can do um, and you know I, I'm in a privileged position where I can choose to you know go with a green energy provider or change mm. banks to an ethical bank or, or you know choose whatever diet I want to have um, and that just means that you know I can make those decisions for myself but that's not necessarily the case for everyone so there are loads of things that we can do but we just have to make sure that they are actually sustainable for ourselves. Yeah that's very true. Um, and over lockdown, you've been creating this social media growth guide, um, and I would love to hear more about that, and I'm sure the listeners would too. Yeah, so I do social media consultancy, and um, I've been doing that for a while, and it used to be a kind of face-to-face -face thing over six weeks with a brand, and that kind of limited the amount of people that I could do it for. Um, so obviously over lockdown, we couldn't actually go and see people, mm. and I was constantly being asked you know for kind of individual tips for people's social media and it's not really possible to give out individual tips to individual people so what i thought i'd do is actually create a guide 
that is much more general, so it's mm-hmm. not specific to people's individual accounts, but it is a general guide about how to build a brand using social media. And mm-hmm. social media is great because it allows for people who have limited budgets, um, so for example, charities, startups, individual bloggers, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. um, to build a brand for themselves without having to pay for traditional advertising, which mm-hmm. can be really expensive. Um, and so what I did was I kind of condensed the six weeks of um, information that I gave to uh, individuals prior to lockdown into a little PDF. Um, and while it was kind of generalized rather than specified, it, it made it much, much cheaper for people, so way more affordable. Um, and I started selling that in April, maybe, I think. Yeah. Um, and it sold so well. And I just think it was really helpful for people because while they couldn't go out and see people face to face and they couldn't work mm. on um, networking, for example, they yeah. could still work on their social media and actually kind of build a social media plan, which I think is so important, mm. um, and then use that to their advantage when you know everyone was out of lockdown again, you can kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it went really well. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, it's definitely something I'll look into as well. It seems really interesting. Um, and you've done all this amazing stuff. What is the next challenge that you want to take on fitness-wise or just in general? Well, it's only been a week since my ultramarathon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so quite soon, I yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually planned a, um, any other fitness challenge mm-hmm. yet, although I love doing them. I really do enjoy it. So I'm sure I will be doing something crazy soon enough, but mm-hmm. I haven't got anything in the books at the moment. Um, you know, I've just got back to Dorset from being in London for the last month, so I'm kind of taking a step back and actually having some downtime because I think it's quite possible, especially as a freelancer, yeah. to get very wrapped up in go, go, go all the time. Mm. You know, really kind of working all the time because you can. There's no nine to five. Um, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will feel the same way. I think it is actually really important to sometimes take a step okay. back and relax for a little bit um, and that's sort of my goal at the moment is you know I am kind of physically exhausted from the ultramarathon even though I absolutely loved it and I think I'm just going to have a couple of long baths take a you know a lot of long countryside walks enjoy exercise for the sake of enjoying exercise not for any particular purpose mm-hmm. and um you know get back to the next challenge when it uh, actually comes my way yeah amazing thank you so much um is there anything else you'd like to add um to the list for the listeners or just in general well on the note of sustainability i think there are um loads of things i kind of didn't really answer the question before but loads of things that once you do them they're kind of done mm-hmm. and um Things like switching to a green energy provider is really useful. I'm actually writing an article at the moment on um, pollution and its effects on health. And, you know, pollution has killed more people than COVID has this year. And yet it's so low down on the agenda of things Mm. to be concerned about. Um, And of course, you know, we should be worrying about COVID, of course. But we should also be trying to reduce our pollution levels, especially in London, Mm -hmm. especially, um, you know, in big cities around the world and especially Europe. Um, and switching to green energy, switching to a green energy provider can be one of the ways to do that. Um, and it provides more money to those companies as well. And that will show big oil, big energy, that um, that's kind of the route to go down and that's the sort of thing we want. Um, and then things like switching to an ethical bank as well. You know, we spend so much time 
worry about where we're spending our money we don't really think so much about where our money is being invested when it's in the bank when we're not spending it and you know banks fund fossil fuels they fund tobacco they fund the arms trade um and so many people don't know that and unless you specify that you don't want your money spent in that way it's going to be spent in that way Mm -hmm. um so switching to an ethical bank can be such a simple step to actually make sure that your money is being spent on things that you back and that you're that are kind of um, in line with your ethics mm. um, i actually wrote a blog post about it so with some um, suggestions on there as well so you can go and find out my yeah, okay. um reduce you know reduce the amount of things you buy recycle as much as possible we're kind of really bad at recycling in this country but yeah. it is so 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 important because every time we use new resources those are things can't get back um and it's much less energy intensive as well to recycle things than it is to make things new mm-hmm. um and then one thing that i was speaking about today on my instagram actually is voting and it is individual action that makes a difference for sure but individual action isn't the whole story and we need collective action to kind of fight against a lot of the issues that we have in this world and we need cooperation between countries and we're not going to get that without voting for parties that um you know are, have those goals at the forefront of their agenda um so using your voice is so important and we need policymakers to step up and enforce change all the biggest culprits of climate change are just going to be able to continue to profit off polluting mm-hmm. and never be held accountable um so use your voice and definitely vote i think that is one of the most important things that we can each do as individuals yeah definitely thank you wise words to end the podcast on thank you flora thank you so much for speaking to me today thank you no worries at all thanks for having me on